Hello everybody, I am so glad you're here. I'm Ray Hughes and welcome to The Listening Porch. Well, hello everybody, I'll tell you this is um, another wonderful day and another wonderful year that we're alive in. And uh, this morning I woke up, you know, with uh, friends in Ireland on my heart. You know, it's no secret that Denise and I have loved that land for many years now, some 33 or 34 trips to Ireland and and which was such a connection to friends and loved ones over there. It's just been an amazing journey. And every now and then I'll, I'll just sort of wake up walking back down through the memories of how it became so important to us. Same thing with Scotland and, and Wales, but this morning it happened to be Ireland. And, um, and it, 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 is, you know, it has created such a family connection in so many beautiful ways. But I remember in particular years and years ago, Denise and I were going on a trip over there and we decided, well, we're going to really live adventurous this time. We're going to travel public transport the whole time we're in Ireland. And that's just going to help us get a get better grasp of what the culture is like and what it would be like if we lived there. Because it's always been one of our dreams to live over there somewhere. And uh, on this particular trip, we, we were going to take... Uh, 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 buses and trains and whatever we could uh, get in and get on uh, to go all the way on a, the big circle of Ireland. And um, after leaving out of out of Dublin and we visited our friends there at Powers Court and in the County Wicklow and Inniscary, and then we um, boarded a bus and we, we were going to head down to the south and then go, start heading across. And, we got down to to a place called New Ross, and there was a a ship sitting in the harbor there, and it was called the Dunbrody. And the Dunbrody was a um, a reenactment ship, if you will, uh, honoring um, the harsh times of of the the Great Hunger, as it was called. It was called the Potato Famine to many of us, and where they lost a couple million of their citizens to, to the harshness of those days in the mid-1800s, 1840s, and into the 1850s. And there was one particular uh, year that was considered to be um, Black 47, the darkest times of the potato famine. The atrocities and the injustices, if you do a study on it, you'll find out to be pretty repulsive. But anyway, there was, uh, we, we were blessed to know that soon our daughter was going to be marrying, my, Ramey, was going to be marrying uh, a young man uh, named Brian Whalen. And Whalen, of course, of course, is an Irish name. And we thought, well, on this trip, we're going to go down to Waterford. And when we get to Waterford, we're going to go there and buy them a, uh, a topper to go on their wedding cake that's coming up. And, uh, but when we got to New Ross, uh, there was this uh, famine ship. So we did a little excursion and we're gonna go and experience the reenactment aspect of the famine. And they had uh, people there to take you through the tour. And <clears throat> while we're feeling the weight of, and the sadness of what m those days must have been like, and, and, and uh, 
we were down in the hull of the ship, seeing where the families would have suffered for maybe as much as uh, 50 days uh, together down underneath in there in these little old berths. They would put a family of four or five in a in 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 each little uh, bed, you know, and it was a. They lived in the dark down there, and we was just, you know, you just start imagining the, the horrors of taking your family and go to the, go to off to America as they called it. But uh, we wanted to go where where things could potentially be better. Maybe a dream could still be lived out somewhere. And 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 of course we're in in our preparation knowing that uh, uh, Brian Whalen is, a, uh, is as pure an Irish name as you're going to find. And then our daughter Ramey is uh, going to be marrying into those generational bloodline things, you know. We, we were walking around in that ship and we looked up and there it said, uh, when the Dunbrody came across on one of its journeys, they would they had all the names of all the people that had ever traveled on that boat, and they also in a computer, and they also had uh, names on the ends of those bunks, as if it were the families that literally were in those bunks, and they and they were. And there on one it said, um, uh, Patrick Whalen. And right beside of that birth was another one that said Nora Cherry. Well, Brian Patrick Whalen is my son-in-law and Nora Cherry is my grandmother. And we thought, how odd and what a wonderful little hug from God to know that, you know, all of these years, what, you know, it just started. Anyway, my creative juices just started flowing around that night and, and, and we went on to Waterford and got him the topper. And, but all, when we got heading to Waterford, uh, this poem just started flowing out of me as I, was, as I was looking back and sort of reliving in my mind what that would have looked back in those days of people making the life decisions to go to the new place and, and, um, and into the new day and the harshness of getting there. And also the fact that when many left Ireland, when a young man was going to leave Ireland, many times the family would go ahead and have their wake because they knew that they would never see him again and they would never, they would never be coming back. And uh, <clears throat> with some of those thoughts anyway, and it wrapped around the, what was about to happen and what had already happened in this beautiful love story in our family, I began to write and here's what it sounded like. Nora Cherry arose to the gray dawn of breaking as the bells broke the silence o'er Dungarvan town. And the angels rolled back the veil of a dark night for her last morning walk on the once sacred ground. Sacred to the old ones, a curse to the young ones, the laughter in the fiddles now weep to the bow. The wind, how it sings the courses of martyrs and the fathers and the mothers and the poets long ago. Famine, the thief, has taken and tortured. His demons are loosed and they've poisoned our land. The graves of old saints besides young graves of children left one tiny tear on one tender hand. And before the moon looks down on emerald green mountains, she'll board the Dunbrody and she'll take to the sea over a boundless ocean to a land without hunger 
and one day teach her children the Rose of Tralee. Now young Padre Gwalen, he too was sailing neath the sails of sorrow, yet he hoped beyond the wake. Memories were all that he brought to the harbor, and dreams of a new land is all that he'd take. But for the silk of his mother and the fiddle of his father, a thousand maybes is all he had in the world. The mist on the wind was a new song to him, for he had piped his last dirge at a cold grave in Lismore. He had heard all the stories of the gold and the glories and the land by the mile to be had for a song. And he'd survived the darkest days of Black 47, and from that forge of pain and grief stood a young man strong. Hard times and great loss had taken their toll on all that Nora was in Nora that once even dared to dream. Yet without a thought, she had cast a shy glance, and one smile from Padraig had now changed everything. One glance, one smile had brought them together, one clothed in memories, one dressed in dreams. With a tear to the stern and a song to the bow, one a ballad to the blue and one a soft lament to the green. Forty days into the voyage, white foam and sun glistening, out of nowhere came the anger of hell in a wind. The Dunbrody was hammered by a cold-hearted gale. A devil in a cloud was growling out his sin. In the belly below, it was as dark as a grave, wave after wave like thunder in a tomb. And the sound of crying children let you know you were alive. Oh, hard men pray lest we all be doomed. Padraig held Nora while quietly she trembled and clutched a tiny cross that her mother once wore. Not a word was spoken till the storm had broken and fear was washed away in the light of the open door. He took her gently and raised her to the light. He reached in his breast pocket and took out his mother's silk. Nora, fair Nora, I've not a ring to wed you. I'm not a prince of a kingdom and I've not a palace built. But I've heard of a place, Shenandoah, they say, with rivers pure as crystal, fields as green as County Clare. And from its ridge tops you can reach and touch heaven and the heather like home, and there's junipers everywhere. Will you walk with me, Nora? Will you walk with me in the heather, Nora? Will you take this silk as a ring to your hand? And when we are old and take our last breath together, we can step to heaven from where the junipers stand. And Nora's shy glance had long ago left her. Wide-eyed with wonder, she stood at his chest. And with a tear in the back of her throat, she smiled. Padraig Shenandoah, yes. In my imagination, I somehow see that as a confirmed blessing upon our family's life, that our children and our children's children 
their steps are ordered of the Lord in such a way that they find the ones that they were born to be with. And they find the ones that they were born to walk with through their own storms and, and through whatever, whether it be walking out past all of the famines of the yesterdays that are seem to be uh, the weariness that's passed from generation to generation, the sadness that's passed. And, but now, you know, to, to see our daughter and our sons find the ones that they were born to go through plagues and disasters and famines and storms and all that, but always find themselves standing together knowing that tomorrow is a better day because today we have one another and we know we'll walk through the, whatever it is together. So I just pray that it kind of is a blessing on anybody listening today that, that, you, that, you, that you find the one that stands shoulder to shoulder with you in, in the storms that are in your future. And any time the enemy ever tries to come against you, always stand in such a way that he never gets between you. Always keep the enemy out there and fight him together. Whatever that enemy of your future might be, uh, covenant um, uh, is, a, is a part of the winning. So anyway, God bless you guys. Thanks for coming to the Listening Porch. Now you may have to leave, but you don't have to stay gone. You can become a patron of the show at patreon.com forward slash Ray Hughes. There you'll find video versions of this podcast. I also have numerous online courses at selaministries.com. And don't forget to take a look at the beautiful handmade ink pens at redriverturning.com. See you next time on the Listening Porch.